1: is it's always game day in cincinnati with lindsey patterson and mike santagata
0: we are back on it's always game day in cincinnati lindsey patterson mike santagata mike what is going on
1: my very exciting life i uh, it's not a problem but <laughs> just my favorite brewery uh, great lakes had a new beer and they did not have it at my local place. So uh, they had me leave them leave my number and my name. And they called, so i will be getting that at some point.
0: After you record the podcast, we'll you'll, uh, you'll go pick it up. That sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's in yeah,
1: my life. It's not that exciting. This this was happening in my life. I got I've got a new beer to try.
0: There you know what we should do a um Mike's favorite beer of the month. Oh and, my God.
1: I don't <laughs> drink enough <of> this. I <laughs> have like four beers a month.
0: I mean, we we can just well maybe we can just see what happens. We're a
1: connoisseur.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. That works. And Nick, our producer, he brings up a really great point. We talked about this offline before we started recording. He says it's more exciting than doing your taxes because he just finished his, and um, I agree. You know, finding a oh, finding I a good beer that you. <laughs> Yeah, they're not so great. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about that. But hey, it's springtime and taxes are due or you're, you're not getting due. You're getting a refund. Lucky lucky for you if you are. Uh, let's move on to the comments from Executive Vice President Katie Blackburn. The thing about the Bengals front office, we don't hear from them very often. Mike Brown um, is available to the media right before the season starts. Um, you know, when training camp is rolling, preseason, all of that, you hear from Mike Brown and more of the ownership. But Katie Blackburn was at the owner meetings with Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin. And three of her quotes, I think, were really important. At the same time Katie Blackburn, you know, maybe different than other ownerships or or GMs or vice presidents for NFL teams, she's not gonna say too much. Um she'll she'll give you a little detail but but pretty quiet and she's not gonna tell you everything that's going on behind the scenes. But I actually wanna hit on Joe Burrow first because Everybody's wondering, you know, when's that contract going to get done? Is it going to be done during OTAs? Is it a training camp thing before regular season? And I'm leaning towards it's probably going to be a regular before regular season contract timeline, but guessing the date of that's going to be really fun. Um, She said that we are in the preliminary discussions, but there's free agency and such. We'll see if we can get into a little bit more of it, but it's hard to say exactly the pace. We said we won't talk about much until there's something to talk about. What did you think about Katie Blackburn's comments?
1: Uh I mean, I feel like it's it's not as exciting as I was hoping, you know. Just preliminary talks with Burrow is not I was kinda of hoping like, yeah, we're just wrapping things up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like that. I don't know. I all these I feel like a lot of NFL people, this goes even for Katie Blackburn, but it's kind of like that head coach speak. It's like, yeah, we're talking next question type thing is just like you didn't learn a ton you know they're talking and that's what she really confirmed
0: yeah one of the things i listening to audio versus seeing a tweet i feel like are two totally different things and uh, jay morrison i'll give him credit for this because he's actually one of the beat writers who w- was currently at the owner meetings. And he said that, uh, you know, recorded it, was able to talk to Katie Blackburn and listening to the audio and her talking about it, it really just sounds like, and Jeff Hobson also has it in his piece that the two sides have vowed to keep silence. And I think that really scared a lot of Bengals fans and in the terms of it, it really just sounds like, They won't make an announcement. They are not going to bring this up publicly until it's done, until there is something to talk about. And I can admire that a little bit because we see it right now with the front office. We see Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. um, They're on two separate sides right now on, on what his future is going to look like if he's back in Baltimore, but it really just sounds like the two sides are saying, Hey, when we have something to report and maybe this contract's hundred percent done, we're going to come out and say, contract's done. Joe Burrow signed his contract. And I don't know. I think I can kind of appreciate that. I don't think it's a scary thing to, to have your vice president say, you know, we're not going to, we have nothing to say right now. And when we do, you know, we'll tell you.
1: That's um, I feel like we live in an age of, you know, the, it's a lot of, Immediate, you know, you want all your news to be immediate. You want everything to just probably do this podcast twice a week, even in the off season. Is there's always news and uh, it's just continuous news cycle. I don't know. To me, this is a lot of, I wouldn't be worried. Like, I, I'm not stoked about it, but I'm not worried either. I'm not, it's, it's coach speak for the most part. It's just the, yeah, the learning not much. But it's exciting to hear because we're talking, talking to Burrow talking about an extension. Hopefully it's closer to being done than she's letting on. But as you have alluded to, I don't think they're going to let us know until it happens.
0: Great. That's going to be a lot of fun. This off season uh, preliminary discussions, you know, you have to wonder how far along are you in the very beginning of just kind of talking about it and what those discussions are like. That can be anywhere from, Hey, we have these terms that we've decided on. Nothing's really official on the guaranteed side. We, we just, we won't know. This is going to be one of those secretive contract extensions until it's fully out there, but I'll move over to Jonah Williams, because I actually want to talk about Jonah Williams before I heard Katie Blackburn talk about him today. And there was a report overnight. Um, Kelsey Conway tweeted it out, according to a source to her, saying that he felt pretty blindsided by it because the front office didn't say anything to him about the Orlando Brown move. And I'm going to get to my thoughts really quickly on that. And my thing is, look, I know a lot of people are down on Jonah Williams, and I know he wasn't good enough at the left tackle position. I wasn't too down on if he was going to be the starter this year. I'd have been okay with it, but I'm glad that they upgraded the position. No team is going to have that discussion with a player. I I doubt they have the discussion with a player because it happened so quickly. The agent reached out that morning. The contract was done that day and in less than 24 hours. At the same time, what if that deal doesn't work out and you go ahead and call Jonah up and say, hey, you know what, Jonah we are thinking about moving on from you and this is the guy we're going to sign. And then Orlando Brown signed somewhere else. And then you got a left tackle. That's already upset. You lost the one that you wanted to get in free agency. And I think that puts you in a bad position. Um, So I I, want to get where he's coming from as a player, but I don't think the Bengals handled that in a bad way without letting Jonah know, because it did happen so quickly.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, if Jonah knew he was getting replaced, it would probably mean that he's worse off than what he is right now, because this was more of like, a, we're not actively looking to replace you with anybody. We are looking to replace you because, you know, somebody came along that is an upgrade. If Jonah was told like, yeah, we're looking for your replacement. It probably means like, we're looking for anything. We're, we're looking, we're looking high and low, trying to find a new left tackle. So, I, and I get being upset about it being sight, which is, I don't know if he said that, but, Odd choice of words for being a left tackle.
0: Ooh, yeah. (laughs) The the Joe Burrow jokes are there. All the
1: jokes are right there. And they went off. uh, You know, use your phrasing. Uh, But, yeah, I understand why he's upset. I could fully sympathize with the idea of, like, I thought I was starting a left tackle, and I just – all of a sudden, I'm not. But the reason is because they think you're fine. They think you were capable of being the starter. Anything they say – he would have been blindsided by them coming to him and saying like, we're looking for an upgrade. Even if that's just the honest, like we're just looking for an upgrade. We're not looking for anybody. We're looking for an upgrade. The only time you wouldn't be blindsided is if they come up to you and like, you probably aren't having this job next year. Start training on the right side. <laughs> Start training at guard. You're going to be a swing tackle next year. or Something like that. It's like, okay, well that means, you know, they're, they're not happy at all, but that's, that's my quick take on that is just, I understand why he's upset, but I also think, hard to say this, but you know, take solace and that they didn't come up to you and just be like, you stink, we're moving on.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
1: go to your happy place
0: for a happy price go to your happy price price line i mean at this point if they don't get a orlando brown they're more than likely starting jonah williams at left tackle going into the season and they're still saying hey we want you to be p- part of this offensive line we're gonna move you to the right side until they draft a rookie and they put him at right tackle but hey they're paying this guy 12 million dollars this year And I doubt they want him to be on the bench if they can't get rid of him. um, Again, I've said this before. I said it earlier in the week. I I think that Jonah Williams, if you don't find a trade partner, he will be the right tackle if you don't feel comfortable with this rookie class. Um, And then maybe Lyle Collins is eased back into the mix on the offensive line. But we have no clue what his uh, injury status looks like. We'll go ahead and end it with uh, Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, actually. And Katie Blackburn talked about it today. She said right now he's there. And we're going to plan like that until something different would happen. you have seen other teams have to make moves. Could we get to that point? Maybe, but it would be down the road. We'd have to see if that's what makes sense for us or not. And it really just sounds like end of the road could be the draft. It could be before the season starts. Maybe other running backs are available. Um, she said something without saying too much. Um, I mean, it really just felt like you've mentioned before, coach speak. But again, it's the executive vice president saying, this is kind of where we stand with Joe Mixon. Um, I don't take it for too much that that guarantees that Joe Mixon is going to be the starting running back in September, but it's still, that's where they stand right now. And Joe Mixon is a running back for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is until he's not (laughs) same thing. Why are you, why are you making your current running back upset by saying you're looking for the upgrade? If you're not, maybe they are more actively looking for that upgrade, but, To me, it's just they feel fine with him starting. They may look for a guy to replace him, otherwise in the draft, and maybe they want it to be Mixon-Zeke next year uh, with Mixon on a pay cut. I just think you don't make your players upset until you have to. That's why I've also been saying, I don't think Joe Mixon takes a pay cut or gets cut unless it's in conjunction with a move. Like if they bring in Zeke, you're probably looking at them asking for a pay cut. If they... Make a trade, do something with like a big name, and the pay cut isn't enough. And maybe when that's when you're releasing him. So that's uh, that's I think with the Mixon thing. It is interesting to read the tea leaves just a little bit too much. Nobody, nobody with Mixon has said basically like that's our guy. You know, they've done it a few times. You have Katie Blackburn today, and then before that, I believe it was Duke Tobin that basically said like I don't know. If he's the yeah. starter next year. So, that I think is the one thing you can take away is that when you hear them talk about guys like T. Higgins, guys that are on one year left on their deal, they're talking about like, that guy's going to be a bangle. When they're talking about Joe Mixon, it's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and I think they're being honest. I don't think they're like forcing anything that, like, they're not going to, if they don't get good value in the draft and they end up with a fifth round pick, I don't think you get rid of Mixon. But B. John Falls a 28 or they get a guy they like at 60 you're probably looking at a situation that Mixon's not the starter and they're just being honest about like I don't know if he's going to be the starter there's places to upgrade we just they're going to do it at a good value because it's not it's not such a need that you need to go fill that right now like safety is it's, it's not like Brandon Wilson sl- slotted in or Michael Thomas slotted in the start at safety week 1 they would not be saying, I don't know if that guy's going to start. I mean, hopefully nobody would ask. But, I mean, that would be like, no, we're going to find somebody. <laughs> or, you know, even if they try to say we're happy with the tight end room. We all knew they were – Devin Asias is the of week one. And they're yeah. not saying, like, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he's start a week one. It's like, no, he's not. Come on.
0: As, as soon as that article came out and, and when Zach Taylor said, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with our with what what with our tight end coach, what our tight end coach can do. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness, you can't have these uh, these guys be your starters in week one. And the draft isn't even here. And then they go bring in um, Herb Smith Jr. So uh, so have patience again. It's March 29th as we're recording this a lot will happen this offseason um, with the running back room to be determined but I do want to say something about Bijan because you were on the hype train from the very beginning and a lot of people were like no way the Cincinnati Bengals they can't take him and now uh, some mock drafts have him going in the top 10 so he he isn't even gonna make it to 20 oh I doubt he makes it to 28 but if he's there then um, that's gonna be a fun to, fun thing to watch but at the same time you were you were on that hype train early and. One of the
1: very easiest type trains to get on early in the history of draft. It was literally just well, what's the value of running back? It's like, I don't care, dude. This guy is a top five, top ten talent. Like you take that guy at 28, smash. I don't know if I would take him top 10. Like really? that is it's tough though. It's tough just because that's where you're gonna pass on like a Paris Johnson for him. And that becomes tough, you know, like bona fide round one talents you know, like no doubt about it types that are still going top 10 because to me, you know, he is a bona fide, no doubt that's where his talent is. But to me, the value of the running back position just knocks him out of that tier. Not so much that it knocks him like round two, round three only. It's just, I probably am not, if I have a similar grade on him to Paris Johnson or Joey Porter Jr. or Christian Gonzalez, Porter's probably gonna go in Christian Gonzalez and you know uh, Devin Witherspoon. I'm gonna take those guys just because they're play a premium position, but I'm not gonna try to force in an Emmanuel Forbes or uh leading in. I think we're doing this at some point doing the yes, uh, theory. Yes, but you know, I'm not gonna take one of those guys over him because I don't see those guys as you know true round one talents, no doubt about it. Even like guys that are like round one, round twos. I would probably take Bijan over, and I have like a round one, two on like a Dewan Jones. I would take Bijan over Dewan Jones. I mean, I'm talking about like a bona fide stud, guaranteed, locked and loaded, awesome running back, or a 380 pound tackle that moves a little bit better than you'd expect, but didn't do any of his testing. <laughs> it's like any
0: more know? Crocs,
1: any more Crocs. You know, well, offensive lineman. I feel like you know the more dad you are, probably the better you are
0: that's true that's true uh no but uh yeah, the running back stuff is it's so up in the air um you know i'm eager to see what this team does do in the first second or even third round maybe there's one late but again we're gonna get to all the tears in the draft where we're at right now for the cincinnati Bengals for the prospects coming up but next we'll get to the mailbag questions on it's always game day in cincinnati